Welcome to Seizure Salad Special Series, All Good in the G-Hood. Testing for brain surgery is right around the corner, along with the long-term sleep study that will have him stuck in the hospital with wires stuck to his head. Join us for one last hurrah as Micah goes back to Glenwood Springs to push boundaries, test limits, and celebrate life with loved ones. And now, Seizure Salad with your host and electrostatic meat sack, Micah B-Side. I, I had a subconscious death wish and really didn't give a fuck. I really didn't give a fuck. It's kind of you reckless. Abandoned. Oh, totally. Yeah. I threw, I threw, I threw my life and my safety into the wind because, because man, it was living. It was like, let's, let's take a chance. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until Sarah was pregnant with Isaac and it was like she was eight and a half months pregnant or something like that. It was November. And me and my buddies, my lurk buddies, went down to the Grand Canyon to quote unquote rediscover this cave um, with an underground spring and waterfall rushing out of it. Turned it into a fucking whitewater river in, in the runoff season. I mean, this thing was cool, Chiavas Falls. And we're down there and on the way down, I blow my knee out. Cause I've got like a hundred pounds on my back from all the rope and the, you know, the extra gear for getting into the wet cave and shit. And it was crazy. Um, so I blew the old knee out, the, the now Teflon knee. Brutal. Yeah. This is pre Teflon. <laughs> and, it was probably the final straw actually that broke the that that busted the last of of all of my tent ligaments and all that shit yeah jesus um, dude i actually had to they came up and gave me a shot i i don't know what the fuck it was it could have been i think it was probably morphine or something um and i ended up sleeping the night uh in a cliff like wind shelter and I literally like kept my harness on at night and attached myself to the repelling rope so that if I did roll out of that little cliff that I was sleeping on, I wouldn't tumble down to the valley floor like 1500 feet below. (laughs) Oh man. So I think it was the second or third day on the cliff and we're going down the main part of the wall um, where we thought the, the cave would be. And we rappelled down like 15, 20 feet. And then all of a sudden the cliff just, it just goes back like 150 feet. No cave. We're like two draws away from it. We totally like, and this isn't like something like, okay, let's go back up and walk down this way. This was, we had to go back up, de-rig that rope, and then go back up and de-rig the other rope. And I think it was two or three drops where we missed. Like that, it's a total, it's a game of Plinko. If you if you don't drop in the, same, in, in the right spot in like one it goes area, all the way you're going to be way the fuck over there exactly like that. <laughs> and we're like we're almost out of water we're all like tired and dehydrated and we're we're looking over and there's there's the cave chiavas falls is like rushing out of it in this glorious spectacle of fresh spring water and we're like oh, that looks so good 
then we got back up and it was like, okay, we don't have enough time or energy or supplies to re-rig and drop back down. We'll have to come back later. And so we go back up and we try and find the car. We start, we pack up and we go, go to the truck and we, you can't find the truck. I can't find the fucking truck. It's, oh my God. And everything on the North rim of the Grand Canyon is flat. It's almost like going up into the flat tops. So if you're not familiar with your way around the flat tops, you, you could get turned around real Very easily. Same thing with the North rim of the Grand Canyon. And we end up turning ourselves around and there's like a, a fucking storm coming in and, and we're out of water, out of food almost. And it was awful. And it turned into um, Blair Witch Project. <laughs> and one of my cave buddies would like, like lay down in the fetal position and his pack he always carried the most weight. He had like 120 pounds probably. And he called his pack Fester. Fester? <laughs> yeah, Uncle Fester. Anyway, yeah, after hours of like turning around and walking around, we finally found a road, walked up, and after about three quarters of a mile, re realized we're walking the wrong way on the road, turned around and walked out, finally found the truck. Yeah, it was, it was insane, dude. It was an insane mission. And it's unreal. we got back to the truck. We pounded water. And I'm like, I'm alive. We made it back alive. Fuck this. We're here. <laughs> We're still breathing. <laughs> We're still breathing. One of my buddies pounded water and like drank water too fast. We were so dehydrated. He just threw up. And Started throwing up. Yeah. And then he grabbed his sleeping bag and space blanket and just right outside of the truck. They're in the middle of nowhere. Just. Boom. I'm like, okay, I guess we're camping here today. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, and I that was that the idea. moment. That was the moment where um, I realized, because there was this period, there was this moment where I was like, we're not giving up. We're going to fucking go down and get, and I'm dangling off the side of the cliff going off a of 300 feet of rope. And it's like still a thousand feet to the bottom as I, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> I got I got a wife that's like eight months over eight months pregnant right now. And you know, if if anything fucking happens to me right now, what's gonna happen to them? So that was the moment. That was the moment in my life where that whole I don't give a fuck attitude completely completely went up changed. I'm still crazy. I'm yeah. still crazy, you know, still yeah. crazy. <laughs> most won't. Do you feel like that kind of uh, happened again? I mean, I mentioned it kind of revisit when you had your diary episode, uh, when you mentioned, uh, you know, how you kind of, uh, when you saw your son on Christmas morning after you had to call the paramedics for you, do you think your attitude kind of changed again there? Like it was almost like, because, you know, you were trying to talk before that, about how, you know, it's hard not to give up. And I get that for sure. You know, it's uh, everything's difficult, you know, and the situation you're in really sucks. But it seems yeah. like you almost had another moment like that, you know, very recently for you. Actually, yeah, you're right. It was. That was definitely like a catalyst for me to wake the fuck up. Yeah, no, absolutely. kind of realized, you know, I think almost for you, maybe it was the fact that, you know, this doesn't just impact you as shitty as it can be, you know, especially with your son and all that. Like you want to be around to watch him grow. 
Oh, and you know, he's been getting big into music and all that. I know you're so proud of that. So <laughs> I'm so fucking proud of that. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. My life impacts others, mm-hmm. you know, and, and sometimes it takes things like a fucking EMT visit to make it noticeable, you know, and sometimes it's more yeah. drastic, you know, um, kind of mentioned it earlier, but you know, very recently one of my best friends passed away, you know, and, uh, right. it sucks. Don't get me wrong. That part sucked. But like the one thing that I really did enjoy is like all my, uh, friends that we all kind of hung out with, you know, years ago, we all had this great group, you know, just life happens. Some of us moved away and stuff like that. We're all still close. So like, you know, when this happened, everybody was able to come together and it was just like, you know, that love was still there. And it was just like, you know, as horrible as it is that, you know, our one friend isn't here at the end of the day, like, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it, it reminded us all though that we still love each other and like, you know, that he's a huge part of our lives. He always will be. And these people are too. And so it was nice to almost like as sad as it was, the nice part was at least our friends were, they were there when it mattered. That's I think important. What I really appreciate is your guys and your crew being able to come together and celebrate them and grieve. It's like the Irish wake, you know, it's, there's a reason for it. There's a reason you got to grieve. And, and sometimes we got to grieve out loud and we got to grieve together. I, I don't know why, but it seems like that's, that's kind of something it is. I think it is for sure. You know, I think especially with that, sometimes it's hard to grieve openly. You know, it's hard for people to see that vulnerable and stuff like that. And so like when you have those people that you feel that comfortable with, it's, you know, you have to hold on to them that much tighter because when they see you at your, you know, you can almost say your lowest of it, but you're both there to help each other out. Like it's just, you know, it's just a great unreal thing to have. And like, it's, it's, I feel like to, it's, you're, we're all lucky and blessed to have our own connections in our own way and how that reacts. And so, I think it's a, you know, it's a terrible thing that happened, but positive. There was a lot, some positives that came from it. And so that at least yeah. is helpful. <laughs> Reminds you how precious life is, man. Absolutely. You know, I mean, it really is. It's so precious. Like, you know, you had your seizures and, you know, all of a sudden your life is totally different. You know, luckily I've never had to experience something that drastic where my life is totally different, uh, except maybe like joining the Marines. My life went from one thing to totally different after that. That's uh, pretty fucking extreme right there, man. It is an extreme one for sure, but not quite with the same, I mean, uh, but not quite with the same drastic results. I, I don't know. Actually probably a lot. Of, there's been a lot of change since then, but yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, how quickly it changed though. Is just like, it's overnight. Like one thing, you know, the next day you don't, you know, like it's this whole new, thing you have to live with this whole new reality that is foreign and you have to suddenly re-navigate your way yeah you're right about that you're absolutely right about that man the shocker of it mm-hmm. and the reverberation from that shock kind of lasts lasts a while so yeah. you know and that's one of the reasons i kind of um decided to to start this is um i don't know i'm i'm nothing special you know, I'm, I'm an average guy. Well, a little crazy, you know, borderline fall through the cracks here and there. Uh, but that's because I took a lot of chances and, and decided my own path. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I've always been, you know, grew up in a low income family. I've always been my entire adult life, paycheck to paycheck type thing, you know, and the help you get if if you're on assistance or if you need that 
that emergency temp assistance while disability comes through because because you don't have that huge income or that huge savings or that you know something for those guys who are who are almost marginalized where where you're living one uh emergency away from losing it all you know what i mean you hear that a lot no it's true i mean i'm like- one I'm one crisis away from fucking losing everything. Right. And it happened to me. And you know what? There's a lot of people that happens to. And who the fuck can do that when you're living paycheck to paycheck? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You know, it's like, because there's still bills to be handled and stuff like that. You know, you just can't take off. And like, it's, it's, paycheck to paycheck is a very real reality for a lot of people. I'm at that point, you know, like I haven't gotten myself to a point where I can like, you know, I have like, I could probably last a month on my savings, you know, maybe a month and a half. I really stretched it, but, uh, but yeah, it's like, it's a real thing or it's like one tragedy away game over and you have to completely restart and it sets you back so far. You know, mm-hmm. so, you know, and there's nothing worse than watching bills pile up and you're like, you know, you're trying your best and there's like nothing you feel like you can do about it. Oh, amen, man. Amen. Yeah, you got it. Exactly. You deal with the same shit here and there, man. It's, And there's so many of us that do. There's so many people out there that do. And I, I'm, I, I don't know how to fix anything. I mean, I can't fix anything for you. I'm still trying to figure out how to fix my situation. Um, but at least you can tune in and listen to us kind of vent and, and figure it out as we go. And that's, that's it. I'm nothing special. You know, one of my voice coaches actually asked, it was like, you know, you got to think to yourself as you do this, what makes you special? What makes your story worth listening to over others? Why everyone goes through their fucking shit. Mm-hmm. So why should we listen? Why to is yours worth more than somebody else's? Right. And I would have to respond to that. It's like, it's not, it's not, I'm not worth any more than any other person out there in that sense, especially anyone going through this. There's so many people who are going through it way worse than I am. I guess my thing is, is because I'm not special. Yeah. You know? I'm a convicted fucking felon for running drugs. I'm on a domestic terrorist watch list because I was in a protest that happened to be organized by earth first. I've been a vagabond wandering fucking crazy off the hook man. Most of my life. I'm nothing special. I've had kind of some interesting shit in the past, but it's nothing that's like, like, Oh my God, he turned this shit around. I'm still fucking trying to figure it out. See, I always look at it as like, you know, it's like, you know, we are special. We're special to people that are in our world, right? Or like we're in their world. Exactly. You know, we're special to them. But if you look at the grounder scale, you know, there's nothing really that we're not worth anybody else's life. Does that make sense? Right. Have you thought about maybe what you want to try to start when, you know, you talk about almost new beginnings and stuff. Have you thought about, you know, after this is all over, what, anything you, what, what are your plans? I know it's hard to say anything right now, but do you have anything like tentative? Like, <laughs> um, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> if I grow up, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, while I try to grow up um, or while I avoid growing up, I'm going to continue like pushing for my voice over work. Um, I'm thinking about 
putting together a new uh, broadcast and on-air demo, uh, seeing if anyone in the front range radio market is interested in a new on-air talent. You know, um, why not? I've been, I work just about every commercial radio station in between Vail, Aspen, and Glenwood Springs. So, so I got the experience, you know, um, that might be really fucking fun. And, you know, I asked Isaac, you know, come up. He's like, yeah, if you came back up, that'd be great. But Mm -hmm. also if, if you got onto a bigger station in Denver, that'd be cool too, because you get concert tickets. (laughs) He's looking out for himself. I like it. (laughs) Totally. Totally. He wants to see more shows, man. I like his style. I, yeah. I would be doing the same thing if my dad was in radio and broadcasting. I'd do the For same sure. fucking thing. Why Might not? as well. Yeah, if you have the connections, you can get them. Take advantage. You know, Take that's... advantage. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that's one of the options. Um, I also updated some of my promotional and imaging stuff and narration demos. Kind of did a little bit of tweaking and stuff. Sent it out to a uh, national talent agency we'll see what happens there um, right on yeah why not you know i got i got time to kill and and i got a future to build so why not take some chances right now no exactly you know i mean this is you know like you know, how you kind of touched on it before like you know you did lose everything so it's like that's really sucks but at the same time you're like hey i get a completely fresh slate here to you know and now it's now again like you're coming you know from your maybe your past you know life experiences mistakes whatever you want to call them i think it's just experience no such thing as a mistake uh that's why uh like i don't think regret's a real thing because like when you look back at stuff it's like i made the best decision i could with the knowledge i had at that time and i obviously like hindsight's twenty twenty, but it's like in that situation you made a choice you know like you can't regret that right at the moment you thought it was right whether it was it wasn't but now it's like, you know, you have all these, you know, there's 100% fresh start and all this experience that you can lean on. You know, I think I think you're going to do just fine. <laughs> Seizure Salad Fuster Clock Epilepticus is produced and hosted by Micah Ball. Follow our podcast, like our Facebook page, whatever floats your boat. Just keep listening. And join us again soon for another special episode of Seizure Salad, All Good in the G-Hood. Until then, remember that it's all in your head.